This week on Grip and Grin, the cool, quiet mornings are now interrupted by deep, thunderous gobbles. As the morning starts to come alive with songbirds and cutting hens, the Grip and Grin team is already in position. So chalk up, lock and load, and set your sights on the jam-packed episode. It's gonna be a turkey shoot. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Grip and Grin. I mean, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, we're changing gears completely compared to what we've been talking about, but it's been a minute, and we have a lot to unpack in the next couple episodes. Can I, can I, can I start with something yeah. that catch you off guard, but you know of it? The homecoming of Top Notch. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, he's on the wall. He's beautiful. And he's home. <laughs> and he looks great. He looks stellar. The three the three Kingsmen, if you if you could call it, I guess. But definitely need to reorganize uh, the basement walls to figure out where you're gonna put stuff, but it's a great problem to have. Exactly. Great problem. <laughs> but you know what? You know what month it is, and it's my favorite month of the year, probably. It's our favorite month of the year. And that means fly fishing and turkey hunting. And this episode is going to be heavily focused on turkey hunting because a lot's happened in the past, what, four weeks? Yes. And yep. uh yeah. Yeah, four weeks. Yeah, because in mass it starts earlier than Maine, but I think we can jump right. right into it where there there isn't really any new gear to unpack because we're just kind of running it this year, really. Uh as far as turkey season goes, yeah, we didn't uh I think it was all the same same equipment. Yeah, and what was so let me just jump into my first bird and that whole story behind it. Get it. Get it. <laughs> you know, it. I knew my season was going to be cut short. And due to a, uh, a family trip that I had planned, yep. I was going to be missing prime time op- opening week of Maine. So I had to make it happen in mass, which again, starts a week earlier and kind of get a quick jump on the season as you could say and and you've been shooting your bow quite a bit because yes you're using your bow yeah so that's a big thing i'm using my bow because where i am it's probably uh the safer option is to use a bow and you know i i'm, I'm pulling the same way as when i'm deer hunting but my bow is obviously a bit more beat up from the deer season so it's it still pulls 60 pounds ish it was like 57 and a half so and you're and you're a little hot take here you are using your deer broadheads too yeah so i'm not one of those that like to use the uh the what is it three inch or four inch wide blades that go for headshots i'm not that type of guy i'm yeah strict like similar to shotgun hunting red on red well bow hunting is a little different but it's you're going for the body and you're going for the boiler room. So I knew where I was hunting was going to be close contact is an understatement. They were going to be in tight (laughs) and I'm hunting a a wooded lot and uh, very thankful for this, this land that I can hunt because it's one of my coworkers, but I hunted there last year and I kind of knew where the birds roosted last year. And I, I had set up a that mini blind that me and you have used in the past where it's yep. very tight with a bow. With a shotgun, it's phenomenal. But strictly but you designed... Had to, you, had to angle, you had to angle the blind, though, to sit in it with your correct. bow, correct? So I could only shoot 
if I was sitting diagonal in this blind, and this blind's made for turkey hunting with a shotgun. It's not made for bow hunting. And my axle axle on my bow is over 32 inches. So it does not gear well for my setup. But again, I knew where they were roosting last year. So I set up with that premise in mind. And lucky enough, you know, the the spring hit early this year. And we had great weather for that first week. <coughs> A little colder, but it was pretty much no rain the entire first week. So I, I went hard the first week. And the first couple outings, they weren't roosted where they were supposed to roost, which was very demoralizing. As a turkey hunter, you know, if you don't hear gobbles. Oh, I know that. Yep. It's absolutely tough. So, you know, I would hear such distant gobbles. I didn't even know if they were actually gobbles. But halfway through the first week, I had a deer come through at about 12 yards. That's right. You sent me a video of that. So it was funny enough because I was calling and I didn't even realize the deer was there, but saw my decoys. I called. It didn't even give a fuck at all. And after that deer moseyed on along, I heard a gobble 800 yards away. I'm like, Jeez. okay. <laughs> this, this gobble had responded though to my box and I was using the box mainly because I was getting over a cold and I apologize if I'm coughing now because I still have this still getting cough. over it yeah but using the box call and I had one response I'm like okay at least it, you know I got its attention and how the property set up is it's all wooded they're roosted across the road and basically I would call sporadically and it would just get a little louder and a little louder across the road from what I could tell. Nice. And I got this bird fired up <laughs> and I t it was right by my buddy's place. And I text him like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Like they're gobbling right outside your room right now. I, I can't help it, <laughs> but he's like, no worries, dude. I'm, I'm getting ready to head to work right now. So for the next 40 minutes, I basically just work my calling magic, which involved a mix between, you know, just regular clucks, short yelps, so two to three in a cadence of yelping with a hard stop. And I did not hear or see any hens for the majority of my time hunting there. So I was able to pull wow. them slowly down the hill. And then it got quiet, so I, I didn't call at all. And I peek out the left window, don't see anything. And then I let out the softest yelp and this bird is directly behind me. And how I set up my blind was there was a bunch of thick stuff that was pretty much behind me. So I knew that he would either have to come back up and then around and then down in front of me to my left, or he was going to hook J hook around on my right side. So I was just kind of waiting to see what he did. And before I knew it, I peeped out the left window, and there was two birds. One now, you a, can't hear them. You can't hear them coming in though, because it's just pine needles. Exactly. Right? So there's no leaves to hear them, and I'm just like all visual at this point because I'm not going to call. Right. They're within 50 yards. Yep. Absolutely no calling. Peek to the left, and there's two toms. One has a double beard. Shorter, granted, they were about both five inch beards. And then there was one dominant alpha Tom that was riding right in front. I'm like, booyah. He locked eyes from my decoy and he did not lay eyes off him. So nice. as this bird comes in, it comes from my left to the right, which was perfect for my bow setup. Broadside, full yep. strut, six yards. Dude, I don't even know. I don't even understand how you, like, you had your decoys out, obviously, but how you can draw back at six yards and not have that bird, like, home in on you. Like, it was so locked in on the decoy. It was unbelievable. And as I draw back, I actually accidentally hit, like, 
one of the metal like rods in yep. in my blind did not even phase it. And I kid you not, broadside, full strut, aim right where the wing attaches. Mm-hmm. Kid you not, I stapled him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely the, the Schwacker is usable in turkey hunting. Yeah, so I last year I used inch and three quarters. This year I used two inch because that's what I had on hand. I wasn't about to go buy new broadheads for this and... It worked great. Hit the bird, immediately, you know, dispatched it. But I didn't realize there was Jake's behind these two toms. So I did an assembly yelp with a gobble. Oh, with the gobble. Yeah. New I, tactic. Which has been, I've, I've done it in the past and I haven't really talked about it, but it just gives like an extra insurance to when you're trying to do an assembly Yelp that, oh, another Tom agrees with the assembly Yelp type deal. Right. This double-bearded Tom was sticking around, but those Jakes were not having it. They absolutely were uh, not yeah. having it. So after playing if, around... If, if people aren't familiar, sorry to interrupt you, but if people aren't familiar with the assembly Yelp, which you told me about this um, like two years ago, is after you shoot and shit kind of hits the fan to immediately yelp like 15 to 20 times. Just mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. You know, not that quick, but, you know, going through those yelps and it keeps those birds right there. They don't move. And it's worked plenty of times where, you know, I've gone doubles last year and it, it, it works every single time pretty much. If you do it yes, right it does. and you time it yes, right, it does. immediately after the shot, you do it. They stick right around. However, these Jakes were actually smarter than I expected. <laughs> and they did not want to stick around. So that Tom ended up going back up the hill. I got that bird. It was definitely one of my better birds I've shot in uh, my turkey hunting career you know it was great beard great spurs good weight on it i didn't weigh it i didn't have a scale and got to work on time and great way to start the first week knowing i didn't have the second week to follow up which you know we'll get to your first bird here after but that was so slow hunting there it was it was almost a blessing that I didn't hunt there for another week because I had to do so much calling and I was so intrusive with my hunts that a week layoff led to more success down the road. Would you would you put this bird at like your best call in bird? Like, was it the farthest one you've pulled yet? Or, I don't know. Or if was it was, war, the- was warrior like a more like more of a pull? So warriors. I would rank as my number one turkey hunt because that was just the elements of I've never hunted a property. I pulled him 600 yards. This definitely, uh, I couldn't even say definitely. It was definitely one of my longest pulls, but it was easily in the top three. And I'm thinking number two in terms of just overall turkey hunts, harvest, quality of bird calling like i was on my a game for it and if i wasn't it wouldn't have happened yeah yep makes sense so with me (laughs) leaving the country you literally (laughs) you had a full week where we were in like sporadic contact but i was telling you send me snaps Send me texts. I want to know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, my, um, um, well, let's back things up. We went into the spring. We didn't have a, a big fishing trip planned for the spring necessarily. Uh, we have trips planned, but not like a, like a big trip. And, but we want to get on the river as fast as possible. So our agreement was this shit is going to get over sooner rather than later like when we're hunting let's just like hunt to kill and like let's try and get this over with but enjoy it at the same time so that was kind of like our tactic going into it and you always say you're like you gotta have fun with it and 
boy, this is probably some of the, I wouldn't say most fun I've had turkey hunting, but the most fun turkey hunting by myself, for sure. Um, hunting private property, um, and it's close to work. Uh, it's about 156 acres to myself, which is clutch. Uh, because when you're calling, there's nobody else around that's calling. It's just you that's calling. And that's key. Um, I actually went in to this private property early uh, the day prior and roosted some birds, which was, they weren't toms, but they were hens. And I was like, if the hens are there, the tom's going to be there. Because I couldn't get a shock gobble response whatsoever. Zero gobbling, dude. Like when I was scouting, just nothing. And I mm. scoured that entire 156 acres. So I was like, you know what? I'll go and sit there. I've shot birds over there on the backside of like this area of the property. I'm like, I'll get in there early. And I remember you texting me that morning, like, all right, baby, now's the time. Like, here we go. Cause the time change was a little bit different. Um, but got in there. Um, and, uh, immediately at like five o'clock on the dot gobbles. I mean, you heard the video of them gobbling, uh, when I was recording it. So mm. it was, uh, a good morning in the sense of like, I was in the right place, but now I had to play my cards, right? Um, they were roosted on a ridge behind me about, I don't know, hundred yards, 150 yards away. Um, and as soon as the hen started just subtle yelps and cuts, I immediately responded back because you always told me to just cut those bitches off, like get them upset. And on top of that, you were utilizing your mouth call. Yeah, I've gotten a lot better with the mouth call. Like I'm very confident with it. Um, it's the call that I don't necessarily start with. I actually started with a box call. Um, but with turkey so close, I usually switch to the mouth call, uh, even though I'm in a blind, just because it's hands-free, it's easier to work with. Um, but make a long story short, uh, they, they came down about 20 yards behind me. And dude, <laughs> when you hear those gobbles, those thunder roars that like shake your body when they're right next to you, it's like, holy shit. Like, oh my God, like poop in my pants. I mean, I've shot turkeys before, but every time it happens, when you hear that cut or not the cut, but the, uh, that like snap Drumming. of the drum, holy shit. Like, you know, it's game on. So I had two or three toms behind me and I had a hen behind me that was just pissed and I was literally in the middle of the party and I look out in front of me and I could see a head coming up over the tote road ridge. And I was like, huh, there's a bird. And I had my decoy at about two o'clock, about 20 yards away. And I'm kind of off into the tree line and there's a tote road uh, that goes um, 90 degrees right around me. And there's a field out to my, to my right. And, uh, Dude, sure as shit. I look up and I was like, holy shit, that's a Tom. And he was coming in like a velociraptor in like Jurassic Park. Just <laughs> a freaking dead ass run. And I'm like, holy shit. And, you know, I did a couple like yelps at him to try and get him to like stop. Dude, he just kept trucking. Like <laughs> he would not stop. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do it. So... I put red on red and pulled the trigger, you know, mid stride as he was coming through my, the opening there and piled him up right there. Did a uh, 20 assembly yelps and the gobblers were still right there. They actually went back down the tote road to my left. But then the cool part was I had two Jakes come in, what, five, eight yards right mm -hmm. in front of my blind. And I could hear you in the back of my head, like, shoot it, shoot it. 
And I was like, nah, I'm going to wait because I figured I had more gobblers. But um, Yeah, so you had those gobblers sticking behind you too, correct? Or to your right, rather? Yeah, they were, they went from like my 9 o'clock to like my 8 o'clock and then like to my 6 o'clock. And then when I shot, they went out to like like 10 o'clock out mm, that way. Yep. And I was like, all right, they worked their way away. That's probably the best, you know, situation. And uh and yeah, got out of there and with Maine's new tagging uh situation this year for turkeys, it was a freaking breeze. Um you literally got on, logged in, fill out your information and just hit click submit. You didn't even have to pay anything. So I changing subjects a little bit, I do want to touch yeah. on the fact that when I left, which was the Saturday before opening day in Maine, you had yep. some shit weather to deal with, correct? Oh my God. Yes. So I forgot th- about this is that. one detail that I think you have to touch upon because that was a whole debacle <laughs> as I am across the pond on vacation. We're talking about weather back in Maine, trying to figure out the whole situation of, all right, you roosted birds the night before. You ended up putting your blind in a trash bag because we were getting torrential downpours in Maine. And that is true. The the wind was not cooperating, the rain wasn't cooperating, and I was fortunate enough. My first week was pretty spot on gorgeous. Definitely cold, definitely cold, but you had to deal with way harsher elements to then reel in that bird on that hunt. It, it, Dude, you hit every key point that I overlooked. It's my yin to my yang. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had, what was it, three, four inches of rain the night before. And can I cut and you off? I saw yes, some posts from you know fly fishing accounts that I follow in the Northeast. Holy shit. When I'm talking rain, we're talking Allagash rain. We're not just talking two inches a little bit of flash flooding. There was roads being washed out. Washed out, like gone. And uh, so that was one day earlier in the week. And then the rest of the entire week was just rain. And it was like rain and wind. And I was like, and you had these little windows, these tiny windows of like clear, not clear skies, but like cloudy, no rain, like first thing in the morning. And then after that, it was just pissing the rest of the day. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had to deal with that. Um, man. So that was, was that a Monday or Tuesday? I shot that bird. It was, I thought it was Tuesday if I am correct. Cause then you take Monday off due to the weather. Yes, that's exact. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yes. Yep. Yep. Cause I scouted Monday and then hunted Tuesday. Yep. Yep. So. Granted, we're going to do a little bit of time jumping here because I have a little bit more talk about than you, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, I'm not complaining. I am not complaining at all. But, you know, you get your bird on Tuesday. I come back at the end of the week. And now this is second week of May. Get back from my trip. We've talked about the bird that you've gone. And I only have a week left of my season in mass to get it done. So how crunch time, baby, (laughs) we were, how we were talking about it with the amount of hunts I had to go out. Every hunt was 10% of my season. Yes. Yep. I remember this. Yep. So given the fact that I was gone for prime time of turkey hunting, and I haven't even been to Maine at this point, I had five days left in mass to get to get something done. So it, it it was weird because when I left, you know, the leaves were like half dollar, some were quarter size, but mm-hmm. when I came back it was all flush. Absolutely flush. The black flies were absolutely on full force. Mosquitoes were terrible, right? And the weather shifted to perfection again. So when I came back from my trip, I was 
picturesque turkey weather. <laughs> picturesque. <laughs> and as I stated before, these birds were not roosting where I was hunting. They were across the road. So every morning was dead quiet in terms of gobbles, which is very, again, demoralizing as a turkey hunting. When you don't hear gobbles, you're kind of like, why am I even hunting? Shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've sent you a few texts this season where I said, uh, the general summary of my hunt and then period, nothing, period. <laughs> yep. yep. So I come back from my trip. I go for my morning hunt before work, set up, and you, you can relate. We've been on one of the best things about turkey hunting is the birds awakening as the sun rises. And yes. we've heard many, many allowed birds in our favorite turkey hunting spots and our personal favorite spots in Maine. I, I have to give Mass a little credit here. Holy shit. Th there's so many fucking birds <laughs> singing in the morning. It gets to the point where I, I'm squinting trying to hear. You know what I mean? It's like when you turn down the radio to drive and don't know your directions. I'm like squinting yeah. trying to hear if I can hear a gobble way off in the distance. And I'm like, I think I hear a gobble across the road. Like 600 yards, I'm pretty sure. So I do a little bit of yelping, same short cadence, because I did hear hens that were doing two to three yelps per like yelping session type deal. And all of a sudden, it went from zero to 100 real quick because <laughs> I called, I kept calling it, I kept hearing this distant gobble. And I would give like 20 minutes in between sessions of calling. That's and quite, after, a, that's quite like, a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ve I'm one of those who I'm very patient to start calling. And I, I told you this before we started the season. Don't call too much when, when they're on the roost. Right, right. And you don't want to just chirp their ear off on the roost because typically toms will gobble and gobble and gobble and have the hens come underneath them and then they'll fly down to link up with them. But yep. granted, like I've said, these birds were rooted so far away and I still want to be extremely patient with it. And after the third session, so this is about what, 45 minutes to an hour of calling. I start the, the third session of calling and the lightest yelp of all time, the lightest yelp of all time. And I had a hen just bark at me 40 yards behind me. I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> I did not see you come. Like, where the fuck did you come from? And I, I'm not kidding you. That happened. Now, did she, did she do it three times or was it like, did she just like cut you off with one yelp? She cut me off with three yelps. Yeah. Startled me. I put my box down. I, then peered out the left window and I just see four birds sprinting in <laughs> to the point Holy where shit. I go f and I'm bow hunting. So it's, I have to grab my bow, put my release on. And I have this, like a, uh, it's basically a tripod that holds my bow upright so I can stand it upright on the ground. And there's two pegs that come out the front end of it. So I pick up my bow, I shift my body over, I put my release on, and before I can do all that, those birds were on top of my decoy at six <laughs> yards Wait, again. Literally? Uh, not literally, but like they were touching oh. the decoy. <laughs> so, I was going to say, because that would have been freaking sick if you could have gotten that like on video I know. of them like just like on your decoy. I know. And it would have been, if I had a GoPro, it would have been badass. But so I get my bow up and I'm literally just looking for what's the easiest target. Not even what's the biggest because I have my bow. There's four birds within six yards. I just need one with a clear shot. That's easiest for me to draw back on. So I, and we've talked about this before with deer hunting. I don't really think I just kind of do. You just do. Yeah. So I, before I know it, I'm at full draw I'm lined up on 
the one turkey that's kind of not, how do I say, like, it's not in the herd, so I know I'm just going to get that one. Put it right on the money. It's at full strut, broadside, once again, and just absolutely drill it. And this bird, so when you're uh, shotgun hunting, the typically... You know, the bird will do a flip or will hit the dirt or something and then it'll flop around. Right. Well, complete pass through on this bird. And then it runs like 15 yards. But as it's running for the 15 yards, it is like a deer blood trail. I can see blood just (laughs) shooting out of it. And I'm I'm not trying to be like gruesome, but I was just amazed with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what just happened? Because I've I've very much a novice when it comes to bow hunting for turkeys. Uh, Never uh, have I. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I've gone a few birds, but I still haven't like. You know, I, I haven't. I haven't seen everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I haven't shot a fucking bird with a bow. <laughs> true, true, but it's just you know, there's definitely more things to think about and learn as you're doing it. Never have I seen a turkey act that way. It goes down. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. I zip open my blind and those jakes <laughs> sprinted away. And I'm like, I walk over to this bird and it was such a weird bird. I couldn't even determine if it was a Tom or a Jake because it had a normal fan, right? Yeah. Its beard was like four and a half inches. And if I remember right, it's either four or five inches to the cutoff between a Jake and a Tom, but it had half inch spurs, which classified as a Tom, but it was so small. I was just, I was so confused when I walked up on that bird. Granted, another beautiful bird, but it was just either the smallest Tom in history or a Jake that was like, it's like a a seventh grader with a full mustache. Like I, I wasn't sure oh, what it was yeah. like. <laughs> good pull, good pull. So, I could I so see that. So it, I was glad to have gotten it done on my sixth hunt, which was 60% of my season. And I was able to tag out in mass. It was definitely weight off my shoulders, knowing that, you know, I we... We wouldn't be able to go out and hunt, and we can now focus on fishing after the fact. But that w- that was right. a great way to wrap up, you know, the mass season as a whole. It was challenging with the birds not roosting where I wanted to. I was able to call them in across the road, which is a challenge. And it was, I just love turkey hunting, man. Like I, I can never get my fill in the in one two weeks here. <laughs> And now to jump back in time when I was on vacation, you had another experience or a couple hunts that went quite interesting given the weather and the uh, conditions for the first week of Maine. To say the least. um, (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, you know, I went back to that spot. I knew there was birds there. Um, this was Wednesday and Thursday that I went back there. And can I and just say something? So just please. to jog your memory a little bit, we had texted for a couple days there and you were asking about, you know, hunting out of my single blind. Yes. And I was yep. explaining to you, it's extremely tight and maybe there's a reason that it's left at your house. <laughs> Dude. I told myself never again that it's tiny. It is small. Um, but so I had, yes, so I had that blind um, on my back, walking in, setting up on the edge of the field now. Okay. On a different spot. And just to explain to the listeners, we, you know, you, you have all this acreage to work with and you yep. shot a bird in a particular area but you had hunted the next day, realized that they were kind of slightly in a different location in the field. So you made an adjustment based off what you were seeing 
and you used a different blind to set up on a separate day to then get closer to the kill zone pretty much. Correct. I mean, Wednesday I saw Tom in the field. He was it was a tug of war between me and his hens. It was, you know, it was a great hunt. Um went out, escaped through the back door so I wouldn't spook him. Um, and then the next day brought your single blind set up on the edge of the field, pretty much where he came out and literally no gobbles, no nothing. It was just radio silent. And I was like, man, like if I'm going to make a move, now's the time to make a move. So I packed up the, the single blind and on my way out, I grabbed the double blind that I had set up where at my original spot and it was in a trash bag, so it was still dry. Um, grabbed that and basically just moved everything out of that area for Friday morning's hunt, which is on the other side of the property. And this is like, when you say woodland turkeys, like this is like, this air part of the property is like just strictly hardwoods. Um, but uh, so... I had a I had previously cleared off that spot and prepped it before the season, um, so that was I knew exactly where to go. It was already you know cleared out for me, um, and <laughs> yes, this time I brought in the double seated blind <laughs> and not that single piece of shit. Um, it's just so damn tight, dude. Um, but got in there, dude, and I sent you pictures and videos of that spot previously, dude. That blind just sits back in those pines. It's money. Like, it is the best camouflage it's ever. A, it's a pretty picturesque turkey hunting spot. For a wooded location, you couldn't really ask for much better. It's not like there's undergrowth all around you. It's There's mature woods, and they can walk through it. You send me videos of them scratching everywhere. Like, it's... Yeah, it is perfect for that type of setup. It's it's the turkey like heaven. It's literally perfect. Um, so sat down, birds are coming alive, and 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 I forgot to mention this. Woke up late that morning. I woke up late because I slept through my alarm, and oh, I had a yeah. rush there. Do you remember that? Oh, and we should add one other thing. So as I was on my trip. And I was at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> at the pubby. <laughs> at the pubby having a nice Guinness. You're like, oh, like I was thinking about taking Friday off. You know, I've been getting up really early every day. Granted, you were yep. making fun of me for going to bed at 7 p.m. But now so, I think you, you've learned why I was doing that. <laughs> I, I, I now completely understand, yes. Because I did the math in six days. In six days, I had slept 22 hours. Whew, that is tough. And <laughs> you were, so you were debating on going out on Friday. And I was like, dude, we had one goal in mind. And that was to get the turkey season done as fast as possible so we can get going on our fishing outings. Yes. <laughs> You did say that, and yes, you do take credit for that, for sure. <laughs> um, you fucker. <laughs> I always am. Uh, so, uh, get into that spot, sit down, and, um, you know, not really feeling motivated just because I'm like, you know, starting to get a little discouraged, you know, because I, I haven't heard any gobbles. And... Uh, and I'm sitting there and dude, I sat there for about 30, 40 minutes and I'm doing some serious yelping on the box call. The box call does a great job of projecting high, higher frequencies outwards versus like almost like a lower frequency of like a mouth call in my opinion. So I, I would push back on you, but I know what you mean where the one thing that I don't like about the mouth call is when I want the super subtle yelp, it's not as sharp as the box. Yeah, yeah. And also, I've gotten really good with the box, so I can kind of do anything I want with it. 
Yeah. But no, I, I, I agree with you that the box can reach out better. But again, I would argue the fact that if you're in close and you need this most subtle Yelp, you've seen it with Teddy in the years past. I can do a sharp, a sharp but quiet Yelp. Yep. And it reaches. Yep. Facts. And so I'm sitting there for 40, 45 minutes in just silence. And I'm like, I've learned this year, especially, I'm like, man, just don't get down on yourself because like, it could happen like that, you know? And so all of a sudden, I shit you not. I'm like, man, I thought I heard a gobble. I was like, nah, I think it was like a crow or something. I was like, oh, frigate. And I just started yelping again. I did three yelps and just stopped. And way off in the distance, way out in front of me, you just hear, Bah! I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> and I'm looking at my watch because I got to get ready for work. And I'm like, okay, this has to happen in 45 minutes. It has to happen in 45 minutes. And, you know, I, he'd, he'd gobble again. You know, I could hear him working. And then I'm like, it goes quiet for about five minutes. I'm like, I'll give him another one. And I would, every 10 minutes, I would do... Anywhere between three to eight Yelps. I was always changing the number. It was never the same. And he just kept responding. And dude, it's like I casted like a fly line and hooked a fish and just reeled it right in. <laughs> like, just came in on a string. And he, as he's getting closer, I'm like getting ready, getting ready. I'm like, all right, like this, he's committed. He, this is going to happen. And then, dude, off to my, my five o'clock, I just hear a click noise and then boom. And I'm like, what was that? Like, was that a drum? And sure as shit, he fires off. He gobbles right behind me. And I'm like, holy shit, I got two gobblers that are coming in hot. And this one behind me is like right there. He gets in with, oh, I mean, putting in the mouth call now and just giving him some yelps. He gets within like eight yards behind me drumming and I'm, I'm pooping my pants. Just like I could feel the drum. I'm like, Holy crap. And from there to about in front of me took about gosh, 15 minutes. He was working that decoy just I don't know if he was sketched out, but he was just so slow. Came in from my right, and I'm ready. Like, I got the gun lined up exactly where I want to shoot him, and I can see the like zebra stripes on the the wing feathers. And I'm like, he's he's drumming, and he is just just coming in hot. Came in full strut, and I'm like trying to do a putt on the mouth call but it comes out as like yelps and i was like well that didn't work can i still can i correct you a little bit yes you said putt did you mean cluck because we definitely do not want to putt and with the mouth call a cluck cluck and a putt is so close that you could really fuck up your hunt really quickly if you do not do a proper cluck. So I did mean a putt because I wanted him to go, what the, and just kind of get a little sketched out because, I mean, how do you get him out of that like full neck, like no neck strut? Like- so for me, um, there's... A full strut, uh, it's already over. If he's in range, it's already over. <laughs> I, I'm not too concerned about it. I know that many people want to have their neck up so you don't ruin the breast meat. Speaking from personal experience, it's a load of horse shit. <laughs> like, what, what are you trying to do there? However, you you can continue because... <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> oh shit. So <laughs> you fucker. He said full strut. 
And I did like three fucking yelping <laughs> sessions on him, dude. And I'm like, he's still not picking up his fucking head. And finally, he just, his head separates from his body a little bit. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, this needs to end and it needs to end now. <laughs> and I mean, he was probably at, I don't know, 10 yards and shot. I mean, he just went down like he, yeah, it shoved him <laughs> to the ground hard. And I flip over the blind, not giving a shit about assembly yelps and all this. I'm like, I'm done. Like, this is over. Mm-hmm. And run over. Probably one of the most beautiful birds that I've ever shot. I mean, the colors were so pristine and iridescent. It was it was amazing. Well, I, I can that, add, can I just add a real quick tidbit? You sent me the yeah. photos and I asked you if you edit edit them. And yeah. holy shit. The, those photos came out so goddamn good. I thought you fucked with them. No, no, no. That is true colors. A, a true representation of the Eastern Turkey. I, yeah. I mean, his beard was like just this dirty Sanchez of a beard. It was how, awful. However, but. however, like you said, you this was almost... Uh, I'm I'm gonna save what I'm thinking for a later podcast, but you fuck up. your first poll, your first true poll, all by yes. yourself. You know where you go from nothing, nothing to something in the blink of an eye, and you make it happen. And now you understand, in my perspective, why I rank certain turkeys above others is because how far did I pull them? How was the hunt yeah. going prior to that encounter? Because I've shown some big birds, but they were easy pulls. But the ones that are tough and they are gnarly and you're grinding it out, those those are the ones that I remember more. And you were saying it yourself, using the mouth call, bringing him in, and then having him at such a short range, drumming, spinning, all that, I mean, come on. I wish I was there. I just wish I could have saw it. Well, I mean, you got to listen to it because I did record it through a video in the blind for both birds, but you can't see anything. I exactly. just, you just hear it. But like, we played it on the surround sound in the in the Grip and Grin Cave, and you were like, "That's drumming. He's drumming." I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Like, you could hear it so like clear as day. It was." Mm, it's amazing. But yes, that was definitely my best poll. Like yet. It was went from zero to like boom, shot. Now the shot <laughs> was a little bit lower <laughs> than where it needed to go. So we were like I said earlier, you know, you have to bring the the head off the body. Horse shit. Calling horse shit on that. <laughs> And at the end of the day, he gets he gets him to reach his neck out, and what happens? It's more like <laughs> red on brown, and we do a little damage. But hey, birds down, tags are filled, turkey sausage is made in the freezer. Yep, yep. So, um, hey, when I I'm mean, up, when I'm up, we need to make some of that because I haven't had it since last year. So, hell yeah, man, hell yeah. Um. I mean, I didn't do, I mean, the left breast had about 10 pellets going through it on the top end of the breast. So that was the only damage I got, but. Hey, yeah. birds down, tags filled, not a lot to complain about. I will say this though, bow hunting, if you want to preserve meat, man, <laughs> bow hunting will, unless you really fuck up your shot. I I haven't touched, you know, the legs or anything. The breasts are perfect. Just absolute perfection. But 
I can't argue that. <laughs> you you also like, need him get you got to get him in between uh you know 10 yards to get that precision cuz you know I'm not the best shot ever and I wasn't going to shoot my bow 25 yards or this whatever. This second this second bird was for my comfort it was like a uh, the first Teddy encounter like all over again. I'm like and that's why I was like aiming so low because I didn't want to shoot over his head again mm. when I shot Teddy for the first time and missed at like 10 yards. Yeah, I mean, misses happen and hits <laughs> yes. that are also misses happen when you hit a little low. But at the end of the day, whatever. You got it done. And you got it done in the first <laughs> I week. I got it done, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted, dude, after that week. Exhausted. I mean, like, if so, both of us, when we were hunting, I would have to drive 50 minutes to go hunting. Yeah, it sucks. And I'm talking about in mass 50 minute drive before work. But you also got up pretty much the same time because you're just anal like that and you want to be ready to go. Yep. So the difference was I was going to bed at seven, you were going to bed at what? 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. Uh, case closed. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but you also didn't have a Red Bull at all, which I had a whole case of Red Bulls ready to rock and roll. Still, I have yet to have a Red Bull. You know, I need my sleep to function and I need my uh, Red Bull and a water bottle to function during the hunt, but. And this is a great transition to, you know, my first mate outing. And so far, it's my only one, but I do plan on going again. And I was able to go out last weekend. <laughs> I can't believe this. Because, uh, granted, here's the scenario. Obviously, you guys know that I'm in Mass from Maine. But I have always kept my connection to my turkey hunting spot because I did not know if I was able to hunt that this year. So I had set up my blind just to kind of mark my territory type deal. You know, like I wanted to be able to preserve this knowing that this year I know I'm not going to be able to hunt it much. But next year I hope to hunt it more. And I was, I was talking to you about it. It, it kind of sucked that I got my turkey license and hunting license prior to knowing about this family trip where it kind of it kind of screwed up the entire plan for the spring in terms of turkey hunting <laughs> yeah. but it like you you play uh, the hand your dealt type deal and my first outing for the main turkey hunting was half roughly halfway through the season right yeah roughly but yes, I was able to come up for a weekend and, you know, we'll talk more about the second half of that weekend in the next pod, which is oh, definitely, so definitely <laughs> listen to the next pod because oh. there's a lot to unpack there. A However, lot. This, this Saturday, you know, it's my first uh, morning back, back up in Maine, getting ready to hunt, have my shotgun with me, which is fucking Nice. Just I'm gonna put it out there. <laughs> and you you asked me this question, and I'm just gonna talk out loud here. You you were like you you made the comparison of rifle hunting for deer and bow hunting for deer, and then how it relates to turkey hunting with a shotgun and turkey hunting with a bow. And for Maybe everyone has their opinion, but if you think about it, at the end of the day, the range for bow hunting a deer is the same range you're turkey hunting with a shotgun. So oh, yeah, that's true. So I don't feel like I'm quote unquote cheating if I'm using a shotgun because it has to be within forty yards. And right last year when I was deer hunting. You know, I shot my biggest buck to date and I shot it at 40 yards with my bow. So I don't feel like there's, it's my time to use 
firepower is pretty much what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have this spot set up. I've been there multiple times for the last three years, I think. And I know exactly how it works. I know there's like five different roosting locations on this field. It's either to my left, in front of me, my two o'clock, or directly to my right at my three o'clock. <coughs> so I get in really early, and my headlamp dies right after I finish setting up. I'm like, thank goodness nice. I was able to set up. But we have <laughs> talked about in the past, you have to think about if you're hunting fields, especially you know later in the season, the grass grows oh, yeah. a lot. Yep. And when we first started turkey hunting, and it it's kind of weird to think about this is only like four or five years ago, the grass doesn't get tall until like third, fourth week of May. Now it's like the second, even the first week of May, the grass is already pretty fucking tall. And when I walked out, it was already over my knees. It was at mid-thigh in spots. Ooh, not good, not good. So, you know, I know I have maybe a hunt or two in Maine this year. I'm like, I'm not going to get discouraged by it, but it's definitely worth noting if you're hunting fields and the weeks go along, the grass will affect how the turkeys move through that field. But I set up... I have my two hand decoys set up at 15 yards, spaced apart by roughly seven to 10 yards. Allows them to J hook in if, you know, a bird comes down. <coughs> so I sit down. And unlike Mass, this spot is absolute dynamite. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just filled with birds. And it's a turkey haven. It is a turkey haven. I sit down and. 45 minutes before a shooting light, I got, give or take, seven gobblers to my left. I Aww. have two gobblers <laughs> behind me. I have one to my right. I'm like, this is just perfect. And these hens, there's, I know from experience, these hens are definitely dominant. And there's a good 50-50 male to female ratio where you have to make sure if you're calling, you have to bring the hens in to bring the toms in, which has been right, right. every other hunt in the past. So I don't like calling when they're on the roost, but if the hen's going to call at me, I'm going to cut that bitch off left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so me and this hen get into a, 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 f a fucking argument for about, half hour and we're now rolling in the shooting line and all of a sudden it's about uh i think 5 15 5 30 they're still in the roost and i'm talking with this hen and i look up and i'm like holy shit there is a good sized bird sprinting into my decoys and this field's about uh, 125 yards long and I just see him running in. So I, I grab the shotgun. I get ready, put the red dot on, get all situated. And he comes in. I'm like, I'm going to shoot the bird. Like, it's a, a good-sized bird. <laughs> you and, said it was the, the biggest Jake you've ever seen, whoa, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> so as the bird comes in, I realize it's a Jake. And I told you this. I'm like, I didn't even realize it was Jake because it was so big. It was yeah. a tank of a Jake. I'm like, <laughs> and you know me, it's fun over size or whatever you want to say. Like, I just want to have fun. So I'm like, all right, this is going to happen right now. It gets into 25 yards, pops its head up. I guess I thought of you. It had his head up for a second. I'm like, all right, this is my opportunity. I guess I have to. <laughs> so I take the shot, goes down, and I immediately do a, an assembly yelp with a gobble, and all the birds didn't even move. So those toms then flew down into the field. I saw a massive tom way in the back corner, but I immediately ducked into the woods to my left. So I, <clears throat> I kind of know how the terrain's set up, where to my left is a, 
it's a pretty steep ridge and they went down over the ridge. So I ran out and grabbed that bird. And just to talk about that bird for a second, holy shit. It was a big fucking Jake. Definitely the biggest by far of the Jake's I've shot. Like not without the question, like high teens easily, easily. If I were to guess 19 pounds, like. God damn. It was a big, big Jake. The body on it was bigger than some toms I shot. The fan on it, if I were to trim the, you know, the three feathers in the middle that are tall, if I trimmed it, the fan was bigger than some toms I've shot. It was a huge Jake. The beard was about (laughs) average length for a Jake, like four, three and a half, four inches, but. It was it was stunning. So with this particular day, the wind was gonna pick up like a motherfucker. And oh yeah, that's literally right. Literally after I shot, the wind just skyrocketed. And if you've been turkey hunting before, like yes, can you get a turkey in the high winds? Yes. Similar to deer hunting though. Do I want to hunt in high winds? Not really. I'd rather take yeah. a drizzly rain over high winds. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So these winds were kind of killing all activity. So after sitting about 45 minutes and calling back and forth with a hen, I decided I should run and gun. Let's try to make this, make it, let's end it today. (laughs) So I get out of the blind and I grab my box, or not my box call, my mouth call. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into the ridge to my left. I kind of know that area pretty well because I've deer hunted near there. And I work over the ridge and I get on this tow road. And I walk in and it's just weird. You know how like the wind changes if you just go into a little valley so much? It was like calm in this area. And... I get the mouth call in. I'm still dealing with this cough. So it's kind of tricky because I, <laughs> I had the mouth call in and I'm like trying to like hold in a cough. But I'm like, all right, let me give like a couple yelps. Just see if I hear anything and we'll go from there. So I give a couple yelps out, immediate gobble, immediate gobble. <laughs> Boom, baby. And I'm like, hit the ground. I'm like, oh shit, like danger is close. But in this area, there was a stream that divided the property I'm on and the neighboring property. So I kind of worked down to a flat area where I thought it would cross. Long story short, that bird did not want to cross this little brook. And (laughs) he went out and said, see you later. So I got out. Got home, cleaned the bird up, got some good meat out of it, dusted off the shotgun. First time I shot a gun since last turkey season, over a year ago. Wild. Wild. And we are, I'm on pace to go hunting in a couple days here, and hopefully I can fill my second tag in Maine, and we can follow up on a later pod to talk about that. Yeah, I'm, my, my ticket is punched. I'm good. Like yep. I got my fill. So, so I definitely like you you asked me the other day, like, did I have my fill? No. Definitely not. <laughs> I'll go out this this coming weekend and I still won't have my fill. And just food for thought before we wrap up this pod. It's just hard to think about. I go deer hunting. How many times did I go deer hunt last year? Just counting up every set. Uh, 32. Well, we can double that in there. That's so low. Really? Yep. Holy shit. So if you think about it, deer hunting in Maine starts in September. Yeah. If you hunt the entire season, goes to December. If you hunt morning and afternoon, well, that's easily over 100, 100 sets, right? 
easily because yeah. you have three months yeah. in there. You're definitely not doing that. So you're going to get out probably between 50 and 75 times. Jesus. Turkey hunting, the max amount that you got, because you're not going out in the afternoon, at most, at absolute most, like high 20s to 30. Yeah. So I I just never get my fill from it. It like yes, I do get my fill. I'm like eating my own words here, but it's just different. You know what I mean? It it's so short and sweet, which is what I love about it. But the past couple of years we haven't really hunted throughout the actual season. Yeah. So we've we've always been cutting it short to do other things where Next year, I'm hoping to actually hunt the season without like a deadline in mind. Yeah. So, because even with two birds in mass and a bird in Maine, I've hunted less turkey hunting than I do in one week of deer season. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, even for you, it's been, it was less than a week. It was like fucking. <laughs> Monday through Wednesday. <laughs> Dude. Whew. It was like all nighters. Just, oh, it was, it was, oh, it was awful. When I, when we talk about grinding, dude, that was grinding. Mm. Hardcore. But here we are moving on and transitioning to some fly fishing. Yeah. So on the next pod, we have a, Big episode to unpack. Um, Huge. Huge. You know, we, Huge. It's going to also be a, a little bit of a mixed bag because we do have to touch upon a couple early spring outings before we talk about the big shebang. <laughs> and new stuff in the bag. You know, we got photos coming on the Instagram. Make sure to uh, share the pod with all your friends and family. And, yeah. As always, get in the woods and get on the water.